Welcome to the cage, you animals, for your tightest coverage of UFC, Bellator, and all things to mixed martial arts for fans new and old. This is Better Fight Cast. <laughs> Leading today's schooling will be our resident MMA historian, Joe Neubauer, at Joe Knows MMA. Pauly Malinazzi. We're talking about practice. Not a game. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Not a game. Not a game. But practice. He's been living and breathing mixed martial arts since he was a kid scouring video store shelves for Pride VHS tapes. To help me bridge the gap between fans new and old, Gabrielle Tamboan at Gabby underscore T. What up, guys? Is somewhere between a historian and a rookie like myself. I am Matt Krogamo Jr. at Matthew J. Better, a credentialed writer, certified personal trainer, and student of comedy. Well, Joe, where shall the schooling begin? Right now, as we're going through our drought, oh, yeah, and our drought aren't as is not. Uh, how do I say this? Our drought is not as long as a lot of the MMA experts are proclaiming. Well, because it's not a, like you were saying a few minutes ago before we fired up the mics. It's not as a UFC drought, but it's not an MMA drought. Yeah, UFC is not the only MMA promotion out there. I love them. Preach. They're the best. Preach. They are the best Preach. by a mile. Nobody can even touch them, but I mean, on the 25th, the day before Maymac, there is a respectable Bellator card on that night. I really a like that card. Who? What? Yeah, Bellator. Really? Yeah. They got another. They got. They they're still, back. They got. They're gonna have two respectable cards in one year. Or they Look, had one, right? It's young talent. They had one respectable card, right? Yeah, okay. they've had a couple. They've had a couple okay cards. Okay. Look, they just go on more of a drought in between. Like they go in. Be- like a lot of time. They do the drought a lot better than UFC. Fights than UFC. When they don't go freak show, when they don't go freak show, they do pretty good. Yeah, it's it is what it is. They need to be more consistent. But on the twenty fifth, they have a great crop of young talent that's fighting that night. I love it. It's main evented. I know off the top of my head, I cannot remember. It's Chitty Chitty Inchigawani. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is his nickname. Be careful. We're trying to keep it clean here. He is fighting Andre Karstov, their former welterweight champion. Okay. Both young, in their prime. Nice. Great fighters. Coming to that name Fernando sounds Gonzalez. familiar, or maybe because it sounds like a gun that works for me. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. It's Anthony Inchigawani's brother, little brother, but Chitty Inchigawani. These names have good rhythm. I like this. Yeah, yeah. He's I want to watch this. Fantastic striker going against Andre Karstov, who has striking. He has good takedowns. Very powerful guy. It's, it's just a fantastic fight. I like it. It's young talent. You're putting the right people in the right spots. That's what I love about it. Not only that, Aaron Pico is supposed to be on that card in his second pro fight. Bouncing back from his devastating loss earlier. He probably bit off more than he could handle, but hey, he's still going to be a fantastic fighter. I'm very interested in his second fight. Uh, I know AJ McKee's son. Or is it? No, his, I can't remember. Antonio... No, it's AJ McKee, yeah. Okay. 145 pounds. He's fighting on that card. Very good. I mean, I like the whole card. Brennan Ward versus Fernando Gonzalez. I'm excited for it. Has a good undercard, too. Look, we are in a little bit of a drought, but it's only UFC. There is still great mixed martial arts happening. Every Tuesday night, we now are spoiled with this Dana White Contender Series, which has been absolutely fantastic from its inception. I can't say enough good things about it. Some people are hating on the Snoop cast, but I'm not hating on the Snoop cast. I think it's a different flavor. It's a nice you alternative. Not, you might not be accustomed to it's it. Different. You might not be used to it, but it's a different flavor, and it's not for you. Well, you can still get the traditional broadcast 
elsewhere. Right? Yeah, at least, at least they it's have a, it's an option. Versions. It's yes. just an option. So you have something to please everybody. So why, so why complain? It's Snoop Dogg. And look, why it's it's a completely Snoop different Snoop point of view. He's fine. And the Snoop cast probably attracts more to yeah. your casual fan than your hardcore fan. If you're a hardcore fan, you might not get Snoop cast. You might not really understand it. It's definitely not your flavor. <laughs> it's fine. But if you're a casual fan, you're all about Snoop cast. I mean, if Snoop cast was doing the main commentary, that would be hilarious. <laughs> and I could see why you would feel validated in being upset. But Well, people are upset because he's not an expert, I guess. I mean, <laughs> Snoop, I got to say, watch what you say about Cormier. <laughs> like, uh, was he I making love you, fun Snoop. of him crying or he something? Was, he was getting—he he went kind of in on Cormier and Snoop. Well, my gut reaction to Cormier's blubbering was like, "Come on, man!" But you know, you got the—the purist is going to realize he just got concussed, mm-hmm. and Joe Rogan, who later admitted. Who later agreed he should Joe Rogan should not have gone over there with the mic. Joe Rogan yeah, should not no. have talked to him. He he was concussed. He yeah. was not as soon as he, he did. He's, it. He, he's not the quarterback after the football game who's had time to get what's going on. He's he's coming out of consciousness, standing up, realizing that he lost. Like, and, like yeah, you're he, not gonna like, take. He a, didn't even know that the fight was over. Yeah. until... Well, that'd be like taking a football player who just got like tackled, has a concussion, going out on the stretcher like, hey, what just happened? Yeah. Like, asking That's why him, like, I still had to call Joe Rogan out in my week segment last night. Well, That's, Joe Rogan called exactly himself why. out. Yeah. So. As soon as I saw him go over with the mic and started interviewing, I'm like, no! Yeah. Why? Stop! Oh, well. Oh, well. We're all we did this learn. before. I was going to... Ma- man, believe me, when I, I first so saw that, I was like, Cormier. ooh, this is memeable. But yeah, I'm not going to... I felt, re- I felt so bad for him in that yeah. moment. I mean, I've... He worked so hard, and you know, I wanted—I really wanted Cormier to avenge his loss, but you know, good for Jones, you know, for coming back too. It was. Well, we have, we have LFA coming on. We have, we have some MMA, but right now, honestly, guys, we got to zero in on one thing. This is all everybody wants to talk about. This is all everybody wants to hear about. The new Thor movie. It's the only thing I saw previews for that. By the way, it's pretty bad. good, right? It's got the Hulk. That's a fight. <laughs> That's I like a fight. It. That's a fight. But no, in realistic terms. It is August 26th. Oh, what's going Saturday on? Saturday night. It's on pay per view. We're all going to spend the hundred dollars. I want to see the numbers. Is anybody really buying standard definition? Your hundred dollars. <laughs> Does that really happen? I want to see the numbers. How many people buy standard definition and high definition? Your hundred dollars. Yeah, who's going to throw down for the eighty-nine dollar version? <laughs> You're going eighty-nine dollars. We're in a recession. Well I can't spend, spend the next ten dollars. Well, like we were talking about. I mean. The the person I mean how is how much does it cost for the smoke signals giving highlights in the Galapagos Islands? Because I mean is that is that like thirty bucks? How does that translate? I don't know. But for the next three weeks, the whole world is focusing on Mayweather McGregor, the Money mm-hmm. Mac fight. It's just the way it is. There's nothing Get else you can bone, say. Nothing else you can say. Each. And I said it last week, and I want to quote myself again: is now pay close attention because. This is all we're going to hear about, guys, in the media, everywhere. Everything leading up to this fight. Each week that gets closer, you're going to hear more and more about it. And we heard a lot this week. There was a lot of news that came out. And mm-hmm. Let's take a minute and let's break it down. First, let's start with the topic of Pauli Malignaggi. I think it's Malignaggi. Malignaggi, Malignaggi, Malignaggi. I don't know. tomato, tomato. He came into Conor training camp. To spar Conor McGregor. Now, before he even went into this camp, there was some bad blood. Paulie said some not-so-nice things. They were verbally sparring before he came in. I remember Conor said he's going to have to answer up to everything he said when he comes out here. And then he gets there. The first day, they only did six rounds. 
He was very respectable, said they went a little hard, but not so hard. They were just feeling each other out. And then Pauli Malinagi said that like three or four days later, I don't really exactly remember the timeline, guys, but all I know is the next time he went to spare, I mean, went to spar, he got in there, Dana White and Lorenzo Fertitta are sitting ringside. He said he was unprepared, just got off a plane 24 hours later, had jet lag, all the other things. And he said, from what I gather, from what I'm hearing from the whispers, it was a intense and hard train. Spar special. Like, they went at it. It was almost like a real fight. They had a real boxing referee in there. They went 12 rounds for real. Nice. And then the following day after that sparring session, someone from Connor's team, I know his photographer, the McGregor team, McGregor Entertainment, whatever it is, his logo, mm-hmm. they were putting out on social media favorable pictures of Connor McGregor winning the sparring session. Okay. One with Pauli Malinaji on the ground. Did I say it right that time? I think so. Okay. Pauli Malinaji <laughs> is laying on the ground and looking like Connor McGregor hit him. And knocked him on the ground. One where Conor McGregor is giving him a uppercut, saying, "Do you feel my power now?" Just a lot of things going. How was on he here. saying it? Was it embroidered along the suit he was wearing while he hit them? <laughs> well, this should Paula be Mal- like, not Paula Pauli Malinaji. I gotta Ambra. say it slower. Ambra. You know what? I think that's Ambra. what it is. I gotta start saying very Pauli Malinaji. Okay. He was unhappy with the social media impressions that McGregor's team was you know, releasing of him, and just left the camp abruptly. By impressions, you mean these pictures? or you mean Pictures, these, Okay, they yes. weren't doing impressions of him too, right? Because I was about to get on YouTube. No. <laughs> I didn't but know. They were posting I don't know pictures, if Paulie Malignaggi's an pretty impressionable much guy. That Conor McGregor went in there and whooped him up. Paulie's face was a little lumped up. Well, you know of course, they are wearing right. different headgear. Paulie's wearing a more open, traditional sparring headgear. Conor's wearing something that's pretty much covering his whole face. <laughs> and which he should. He should. He should be out there and almost like. Well, it's just funny. The arm. In the arm it reminds me of the fact that <laughs> they are using weirdly weighted gloves for the actual Maymac fight. So now we've got different headgear and. Well, camp. no, Connor should be protecting his whole face. Yeah. He's the money is in the boxing ring on August twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. Not what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. It's just not the money is in the ring against Floyd Mayweather, not Paula Malinaji. It's funny. Here's this thing so that you don't get hurt. Get hurt. <laughs> so since then, <laughs> since then, Paula Malinaji has left Mayweather's camp, abruptly left. He has been trashing McGregor everywhere he goes in interviews, saying that he was whooping Conor McGregor. Uh, he said when he hits McGregor to the body, he whimpers like a girl, taking real cheap shots, um, calling him a dirtbag, a scumbag. He's calling him cheap. I mean, he's going everywhere. Now, my question to you guys is, as you're hearing this whole story come down, is this real or is this just a storyline? Like, what is happening here? Because let's take one thing into consideration. Pauli Malinaji. <laughs> that's, how, that's how he's going to start pronouncing it now. That's it. He's going to change the pronunciation of his name. He's like Bob Dylan hearing Jimi Hendrix play all along the watchtower. He's like, oh. You gotta Holy do Malinaji. You do. You look yeah. like an Italian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of garlic hey. bread in my hand. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, all right. Hey, I'm Italian, so we can make these jokes. It's all, so. good. It's all good. It's all good. I got this. We're I mean, good. let's remember. Good. He does work for Showtime. Yeah. He is going to be announcing this fight. 
He is one of the guys to sit in that coveted booth to cover this fight and announce it. Is this real or is this just a storyline? I need help. I need help. What do you guys think? Well, it's getting headlines, so I'm going to say storyline. Yeah, that's what I predicted. Definitely. They're just trying to stir Probably, up some drama. likely. Because there's no news going on. It's two guys fighting and they're trying to build the hype. And they already had the... Press conferences. Yeah, the, 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 the face-offs. The, the spring break of face-offs in large settings. So there's only so much they can do. This reminds me... Uh, I used to be a big White Stripes fan. I still have a lot of respect for Jack White. But there was... Okay, so first of all, the White Stripes... Were supposedly brother and sister, and then it turned out that they're divorced, Jack and Meg White. And then later, Jack White supposedly got into a fist fight with some dude who was the lead, who was the front man for another like Detroit garage rock band. And then, a, like a year later, those two were both in the Rack on Tours, if I remember correctly. And I just think that that fight was fake, just to build press. And I also think that this stuff is just to build headlines and build filler in the same vein. It's just performance. It's showmanship. It's to give okay. to give something a story. To give it a story to make it tangible. To give a storyline. So you don't think there's any truth behind the substance? No. Probably not. I, I mean, I can't say one way or the other. But if I had to guess, I would say it's more likely this is just headline generator. Filler, fluffer. My thing I'm taking away from this right now, this is how I view it. I'm going to break it down real quick. I see it as Paulie works for Showtime. I don't really know what's going on here, but if everything really happened, Connor's camp has been so quiet about it all. Mm-hmm. Paulie Malinaji has been out saying all types of things. I mean, he's going everywhere. You got that vibrato in there. That's right. That's how you I do feel it. Like, I feel like he's now going on a press tour by himself, <laughs> explaining to everybody what happened in this sparring session. Mm-hmm. And... He's probably doing very well at making money off of it. Mm. And he's building intrigue and we're talking about this fight and we're doing everything else. I don't see here's the thing. This is the type of fight where like I follow the storylines, but this fight, the magnitude of it is so big. The storylines, every little step, every little detail, every little inclination, anything that happens is gonna be stressed out and Pointed out times a thousand. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be too much. Yeah. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's. Yeah, fake. it is going to be magnified as much as they possibly can because mm-hmm. they just they need to. And everybody's fill, reading into they everything. They need to fill space. I mean, it's a twenty-four hour news cycle now. Twenty-four hour news cycle. We were talking about this the other day when we were talking about this. It's funny that it never used to be like this, but I'm I'm almost positive the thing that started the need for twenty-four hour news was when JFK Jr. crashed his plane, and ever since then we've had a twenty-four hour news cycle, and it's not just with missing political celebrities now it's just like sports everything we need we need stuff constantly we need content and it's two guys fighting in a month well three and a half weeks or whatever we need stuff to talk about yeah well the other thing is i look at it like paulie malinaji okay he is a retired former two division champion you know one away from the triforce yeah I mean, he was a two-division champion in boxing, former world champion. He is retired, been retired for a few years now. What is he gaining by coming out with all this information? What is he really getting from it? Because if that was real, if he really beat up Connor so easily in training camp, 
Mm. Then why didn't he go back for another session? Why did he abruptly leave camp? Why didn't he just go out there and be like, all right, you know what, I'm going to sit back and listen to all this joking. Mm. But I'm going to take it out on him tomorrow in the boxing ring. Tomorrow when we lace up I mean, again and we go for another sparring session, okay, he's going to bring the real Pauly Malignaggi out. <laughs> he's seeing Floyd and Connor, yeah, back and forth and blah, 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 blah. And those two are probably behind the scenes, like, friendly. Like, they, they probably don't care. Oh, I think Floyd and Connor are actually best friends right now. The money probably. they're about to set to make it go against each other, I think it's all play. The whole thing we saw with the, the press conference, the world tour, I thought it was great. But I think ninety percent of it was fake. Yeah, they, you know they know they know what they got to do. I mean, to it really is the kind of thing where if you could, if it was like when the movie's being made about this later, you can zero in on them looking looking at each other from across the press room filled with crazy reporters, and everybody thinks that they're mad at each other. And then like the music fades away, and it's just like fuzzy clouds, and they're in a field running towards each other, skipping. And then at the end, they just each have like a big sack of money that they embrace instead of each other, and just <laughs> twirling around. Yeah, Nirvana. I've said it That's once, and like. I'll say it again. That world tour was one big roast. Yeah. It was Connor and Floyd taking turns roasting each other. Performance That's all art. it was. Do we call it performance art? Absolutely. This is all performance art. And, and they passed. I guess the whole money, the whole Maymac <laughs> thing is one big performance they art. They did a really. great job. Is this more performance art than boxing? Is this performance art more than boxing? Well, it it's is. Maymac. It's hashtag it Maymac. Is boxing. What did they game Do they always, in every other boxing match today, do they all wear the same weighted gloves or can they change the weight? They wear the same weight. They all wear the same weight of gloves. So this is the first time a boxing match has this weight of gloves. I mean, it depends on where you go. With this league, with this kickboxing promotion. Okay, well, well, in 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 the the boxing in in Floyd's boxing league, Mm -hmm. they all wear the same weight gloves. Usually, yeah. Usually, I I don't know. I don't know 100%, so I can't say. That, I don't, that, actually, that actually affects my opinion as to whether or not this is a legitimate boxing match. If this has ever been done before where they're wearing a different weight glove, then yes. But if this is, if this is the first time... If this is the first time that the, the you know, I mean, since they changed the regulation, I mean, I'm sure 50 years ago the weight of the gloves might have been different. I don't want to hear that, but I mean now. You know, like the current way things are. Do they make exceptions or not? If they just made an exception for this fight because it's a crossover Marvel vs. DC fight, mm-hmm. then this is this is more performance Which, art. Here we go. More While you're staying art. on gloves, you know Mayweather earlier this week actually asked the Nevada Athletic Commission if they could go down to 8-ounce gloves for this fight instead of 10-ounce. So what weight are they... Doing in their weight, fight? they're fighting at 154 pounds. No, here's no. the thing. The, Hold on, the gloves. So, are the gloves what in their weight? F- yes. Are they fighting at? No. What, no. What, what weight are the gloves? Ten. Ten what, what, what what weight are they supposed to be normally? Sixteen. Usually they're like sixteen. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think I don't know. Like Connor I said, wants eight. No. Mayweather was trolling McGregor earlier this week. Because he put in a formal thing to the Nevada State Athletic Commission saying he wanted to use 8-ounce gloves. Mayweather. And Connor responded back like, sure, why not? I'm used to 4-ounce. I'm MMA. Duh. But Mayweather is trying to get in Connor's head. They were saying that for Mayweather the... Mayweather knows the rules. If you're, it's too late. No. If you're 154 pounds, you're not allowed to have anything less than 10-ounce. You have to have higher than that. You have to. 
I think it's 147 pounds. Don't quote me on it, but I know it's a lighter weight. You can have those lighter weight gloves. Okay. But in boxing Okay, well, rules, it sounds like there is a regulation that allows this weight of glove to be in this match. Yeah, 10 ounces is allowed. All right, so in that case, it's a lot harder to say that this is performance art over boxing. And the argument still has it, it can be both. I think it's both, but I think it's I think it's still more performance art than boxing. Who does the lighter gloves favor? Because in my opinion, everybody keeps saying oh, Connor, and I say you're crazy. Yeah, Mayweather actually. always wears heavier gloves. Connor wears lighter, four ounces, not ten ounces. Mayweather wears like sixteen, and he's going down to ten. The pure boxer is wearing the lighter glove. So his strike should be should be a little more powerful, right? More, yeah. But Connor's best chance, Connor's only real chance to win this fight is not to outlast him, but well, not to not to hang with him till the end. His his best chance is to knock him out, and the later gloves make that more possible. So. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I'd say it would favor Connor. From what I'm reading, it says boxers agree on the weight of the gloves before their match. They can range anywhere from 8, 10, 12 ounces. Okay. So it's not always the same. Okay. Is it usually 12-ounce gloves they wear? Um, what I read yeah, is... Yeah, feel, I feel like a rookie right here right now. Who cares? It's boxing. Yeah, true. Boring. I should know this. It's anywhere should know Boring. This. No, you shouldn't. You're good. Um, you said Four boxing gloves can come in a know. variety of weights from 8 to 20 ounces. You're right. You're right. Huh? They come in a weight between 8 and 20 ounces. It just depends on the, yeah. the fight and the weight okay. and what, what weight the fighters are at and everything as well. Whatever. Okay. So it varies. Whatever. Whatever. You know what? Whatever. I'm going to move on from I'm this. right. I'm right anyway. Uh, so many Even stipulations Even though the facts don't support what I was so saying. So many stipulations I'm just going to pretend like I won that because I still feel like I did. So anyway, I have been watching Showtime's All Access on the Floyd Mayweather-Conor McGregor fight. And so far, I've watched the first episode, which just seemed like a rehash of the World Tour. Mm. I was kind of burnt out from that. I was like, okay, this is okay. I mean, I'm reliving it, but I'm yeah, like... We're milking it. Ah, trying okay. to milk it. Stretch that it there. just happened. I'm ready for some new stuff. But episode two was new and was more refreshing, but the only thing I really got out of it... And Floyd's always done this. You never see him working. Ever. You never do. All you ever see him do is talk about his money when he's on camera. Showing off what he has. I mean, he's just literally pulling stacks of money out on the yeah. table. And and this is what people feed into, and I'm worried about society. <laughs> I really am. Because this is all people talk about. And you know every time the camera's off, you know what Floyd's doing, he's working. You have to work hard to be the best. You know he's working. But all he ever does is talk about his money. All he does is flaunt off his money, show his money... Pull out stacks of $10,000 and lay them all out over a bed, a table, a swimming pool, whatever he wants to put it on, whatever he wants to, whatever platform he wants to show it. That's all I ever see him doing. I'm Man, just we like, were 90s kids. Our music was depressed and depraved yeah. and about what we didn't have. We had we knew what rock and roll, when we knew what music was supposed to be. Now all these, now a lot of this music is just about that. I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. I'm waving my cane in the air, kids. And then when you go to Connor, you show him, all you ever do is see him working. You see him at the gym, at, at the Performance Institute from the UFC. Wherever he's at, he's just you just show him working. And the only interesting quote from the second episode was, he said that like pretty much he whooped up on Palomalanaji and sent them packing. 
He said he whooped him down. That's the only statement we've heard from anything Connor on the whole Paulie Malignaggi story. Yeah. Okay, so we'll see what happens there. And Floyd keeps bragging about all the money he has. And he's going to make more money than Conor on this fight. But yet, Conor McGregor, I did a little bit of research. I don't have the numbers, but the only thing I do know is Conor has more social media followers now than Floyd Mayweather, as far as popularity is concerned. Nice! I am. I, I keep saying it, and it's not because well, I'm an MMA I guy. mean, Floyd Mayweather is supposed to be the master at all this stuff, and I didn't know his shtick. When he came out there and just started yelling hard work, I was like, he's lazy. He's mm-hmm. J.J. Abrams quote-unquote, revamping Star Wars. Look, like, come on, man. Come on, man. Can you be a little more original, please? I promise please. you. And this is why this fight kind of, like, frustrates me sometimes. Because I stand by this statement. Floyd needed Connor. Connor didn't need Floyd. I promise that. I, I really, genuinely believe that. I think Connor McGregor is taking this fight because that much money... Dangling in his face, you just can't turn down because he can do it right now. But I think Conor McGregor, at his age, where he's going, the skyrocket, the the rocket, you know, the rocket ship that he's been on. Stratosphere is getting a lot closer for him. Is I still think Conor McGregor is going to surpass Floyd Mayweather, and he didn't need this. Well, at 20, get to at 28, level of popularity. he was just on the card. I feel like this is just jumping him to the front of the line of pay per view king, you know, swallowing his pride and having to take a lot of cuts here. I mean, he's going the boxing. I genuinely believe Conor McGregor is the bigger star. I think Floyd needed Conor more than Conor needed Floyd. Yeah. Because Conor had other fights. Floyd didn't have any other fight that's going to generate this type of pop. Mm-mm. It just didn't. It, it, you're lying if you think he did. And I will stand up against anybody. Unless he period. discovered time Anybody travel. that thinks they know anything about combat sports, I will fight you tooth and nail. If he could transport Conor. a Manny Pacquiao from eight years ago to the present. Yeah. Then we're talking. Connor is the superstar in this thing. Yes, sir. Period. Doesn't matter what he does. People are going to love him more after this because of everything he's done. And it makes me sick. I, I just hate this whole money angle. It'll be I over soon. It. It'll be over soon. It'll I be hate over it. soon. We can get back to the eight sided ring. I hate it. And that's what we're talking about here. But I mean, while we're talking about the money, it came out how much guy each guy is supposed to make. $125 Floyd million. Mayweather expects to exceed. $300 million from this fight. Wow. Yeah, I guess, he, I guess he makes $100 million from his boxing matches, doesn't he? I mean, one thing Floyd is not, he is no dummy. He knew Conor McGregor was... He knew. This he is knew a world, this is a world unifier here, man. They're going to be talking about the lost city of Atlantis. He is looking at exceeding $300 million. Conor's looking at about $100 to $125 million. And as an MMA fighter, you've never seen that type of... Who in the world of sports or in life sees that type of money? How much? 100 to $125 million. Oh, that's what Connor's supposed to make? Yes. Who else is going to see that type of money? Really? In one boxing match. That's it, guys. I know it's a lot of work going into it. But the actual work is one 36-minute boxing match. I mean, that's... Tom Cruise doesn't even make that. It's insane. It is insane. Just numbers are insane. And one of the biggest winners in this, I mean, I know Showtime's going to make big, but what about UFC? They get a percentage too. Mm-hmm. You know what they do? Not Nothing. A, they do some advertising. Not a finger. All they do is lend one fighter. They do some advertising. They have no production costs. 
No pay-per-view costs. No nothing. All they do is sit back and collect a check. And the third quarter for the UFC is going to be their highest of the year. And it's when they're going to do the least amount of work. Mm. They're They're not even having a show. They already had their show in August. They're going to get paid while they're watching Bellator. (laughs) There's only one event of Bellator. Like I said, these other MMA promotions did not take advantage. I've been saying this for weeks. Bellator should have been full gear in August. But they did the pay-per-view. And even suffering since because I wait for all their good fighters to come Ride or die with Shao Sonnen! It is what it is. But just to say a couple more things on the Maymac thing. High-tech Vassal Lomachenko offers to spar with Conor McGregor since this Pauli Malinaji situation Wait, has happened. Did you say Vassal? Vassal Lomachenko. Okay. And don't disrespect his name because I'll tell you what, I this guy to, right I'm here. Just, I'm just, I just wanted to make sure. He fought last heard. weekend and the name will come up again later. Vassal. But he is the pound-for-pound king in boxing right now. He is the best pure boxer there is in my opinion. Right now. Okay. Young. Two division champ, hungry, just mm, smooth. Wait, so why good. are we talking boxing? Who is this? What? He's High now tech his... Vasil Lomachenko. Yeah, is offering to spar with Conor uh, McGregor before his Floyd Mayweather fight. Uh, okay. That is very interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. If you want to look up something on Vasil Lomachenko, in case you guys don't know, because this is an MMA podcast, Vasil Lomachenko is the, the guy that that puts a tennis ball on his hat. Off of some type of string and punches it. That's what happens when you name someone Vassal. So, and the other thing I want to say is, if you want to look up of how good a shape Conor McGregor is in right now, look up the picture of him standing next to big heavyweight monster Francis Ngannou. Conor is absolutely jacked right now. Nice. Best prime conditioning I've seen of any athlete ever. I don't care who you are. He just looks... For a guy that weighs as much as he does, he's probably walking around 165, 170 pounds. He just looks like a monster in that body frame. Just great for him. Makes me excited to see that fight. And real quick, one more minute we have. Let's go on pay-per-view predictions. I want to say it right now. I want everybody to predict at this table the number of pay-per-view units that the money What's the record? Fight 4.6 million. Who was that fight? Was that the second Pacquiao fight? Or I guess the only... Yeah, Yeah, it was Mayweather Pacquiao. It should have been the second fight. And this one has way more buzz than that. So give me a picture. You said 4.6? 4.6 million. I'm going to go 6.5. 6.5. Wow. Okay. You said 4.6? Yeah, I'm going to... Something close to his, I would say, like 6 million. You're going to do six even? Yeah. I'm going 5.5 million plus. I'm going over. Okay, I'm thinking $5.5 million. I think this is going to be the biggest pay-per-view juggernaut you have ever seen. I'm not the biggest fan of the fight, but I am a big fan of the commodity and pop culture and all the other aspects. Joe likes it when people are brought together. Yes, I, 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 it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a great night. This is going to bring together the world. <laughs> so Everybody's going to know what's going on. I'm into it. I'm this into is, it. This is, this is unbelievable. So. This is a phenomenon of sports nation. All right, well, moving on from the boxing contest, let us just get past boxing. I'm going to jump right into WMMA, Women's Mixed Martial Arts. Ronda has big news coming soon. Ronda mm-hmm. Rousey. Does anybody at this table think that's going to be her in a future fight? 
Or do you think it's something well, else? Well, I don't think no. it'll be a fight in an eight-sided ring. What do you think it's going to be? Something with a little more... You think it's going to be Vince McMahon's product? Yes. Yeah, you think it's going to be the WWE? That's what I would do. Definitely. Gabby, what do you think Ronda Rousey's going to do? I don't know. She's already an anti-hero. Have babies? Have babies? That's what I actually Mary first Travis thought. Brown? You could do that with WWE. You could star in more movies? I mean, I think there's a better chance... I think you could... Can you imagine if she was pregnant running around wrestling events? Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be the best. Can you, can you see that? I think I could. Do you think Vince McMahon would let a pregnant Ronda Rousey run around some events? Uh-huh. Okay. Here's my view on I don't think Rousey that's really going to happen, but I think it could. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ronda Rousey. Oh, I hope that that happens. More than likely, it's not coming back to fight. I don't see that happening. Oh, my God. I think it's either going to be married, you know, married with children, or it's going to be, you know, being a part of Vincent Mann's product. She's going to be in WrestleMania or Rumble, whatever. But, but, while I was thinking about Rousey, there was one thing that popped in my mind. I haven't heard anything that Ronda Rousey has left the USADA testing pool. There's been nothing saying that she put in her retirement papers. I think there's right now, as I sit here today, think there's more of a chance that Ronda Rousey would step inside the octagon before Brock Lesnar. And here's my reasoning. While we're staying on WWE, Ronda Rousey's at least, as far as I know, still in the USADA program. Like I said before, guys, a lot of hypothetically speaking, still everybody's talking about the Jones-Lesnar thing. Realistically, if Brock Lesnar is going to get inside the octagon, I need to see his name yeah, on the it's, USADA it's, list. It's Tuesday. That fight happened 10 days ago. Has Brock Lesnar entered the USADA pool? Not that no. I've heard. And if he did, you would know about it. I'm sure you would. So, until I see that happening, I think Ronda Rousey has a better shot at getting in the octagon Very before Brock Lesnar. Interesting. That's all I'm going to say about that. But honestly, I think Ronda Rousey's going to end up on Vincent Mann's product mm. and soon. So you That's think neither right. yeah, one I think of them. WWE seems more likely. And good for her. I'm glad she's doing things outside the cage. Oh my god. But other than that, some crazy pregnant wrestling gear. Oh my god, I would <laughs> love it. For everybody that thinks the that the UFC is dying, even though they just had a successful pay per view. People are crazy. Last week a Canadian investment fund has invested one point one billion dollars into the UFC. And from what I gather, it will buy what? a lot of their smaller. That's that. That means they should basically own a fifth of the UFC. They now. pretty much do. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was big news. It kind of really went under the surface, but I thought that was some huge news that came out. Wow. And I suppose I mean people were even questioning uh, Dana White. Are you getting bought out? And he promised that he's not going anywhere. But we'll see what happens with that. Do you guys know of any Canadians who like UFC? I think there might be one or two. I don't know. I don't know. There might be. There might be. Some of the there current might, shareholders. There might be a market out there. Some of the minority current shareholders, from what I gather, are I getting mean, bought out by this company. They might even have one or one or two Canadian fighters. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I'll have to see. We'll wait. We'll see. We'll put a pin in that. But we'll WME in it we'll come back just got $1.1 billion back. Man, a lot of them are just like, <gasps> oh, yeah. We didn't even make our TV deal. Well, like I said, 
The third uh, quarter for the UFC, though, even though this is happening, I don't think I'd be as alarmed. You know why this just happened? Because they see what's going to happen in the third mm, quarter of 2017. They're investing in 2016 and... being their best year ever. They're now jumping into the third quarter of 2017. John Jones versus Daniel Cormier 2, UFC 214, is projected at 850,000 buys. They're buying stock and pumpkins people, right at the end of September. Some people are screaming bloody murder like, oh, if it's a million or bust. 850,000 buys on pay-per-view for $60 is a bust? You're kidding me. Mm. That is a joke. That's $51 million in revenue off a of pay-per-view alone, you dummy. Mm. How is that a joke? And then they're going to sit back and they're lending one, one of 500 fighters out to a, another promotion in Showtime to another sport, and they're going to do nothing but collect money. And they're just going to get a piece of <laughs> the a billion dollars or whatever yeah. it ends up being. So... Anybody wants to talk trash about that, you say what you want. This is an up-and-down type of sport. The stars come around yeah. in seasons. Certain the seasons people are better complaining than about that are, I think, the type that Brendan Schaub would call the Cheeto Fingers. Yeah. So, But $1.1 $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. billion Cheeto dollars back into the UFC, it doesn't look like they're dying anytime soon. But the one thing I did want to bring up was the ABC the Association of Boxing Commission and All Combat Sports, uh, from what I gather, is passing two more rules this week I think worth noting. The first one, instant replay is being enforced in MMA and soon. You can adopt that rule at any time you want now. They passed it. And the only time you can use instant replay is if it's changing the outcome of a finish. So pretty much Chris Weidman, Gegar Mousasi at UFC Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. They could have so, yeah. now. If you adopt the rule, they could have reviewed it. Okay, so this is this is a good thing. The... This is a good thing. All the legal garble. They can get the right call. Music, but nice. They can watch it, but it's only on to determine the outcome of a fight. Where the fight ends, you can watch instant replay to see what happened, and then decide if it should be disqualification, <laughs> TKO, KO for the one guy. So, and you know, however you want to do. So it. sorry about the eye poke two minutes ago. We missed mm-hmm. it. Life goes on. We found it. Okay, we're going to change it to a disqualification. Yeah. That type of deal, which I think is great. And the other one, don't laugh too hard. But now, I think Justine Kish. You can't poop yourself? Just made this rule. If you defecate yourself in any type of way. Are you serious? I was kidding. I didn't know anything about anything. What? If you defecate yourself, the fight automatically stops. (laughs) Do you lose? So this is the Kish rule. Do you lose? I guess so. I want to know if you lose. That's a part of losing. Oh, my God. I would oh assume my God. TKO due to bodily function. DCJJ3, he's sneaking into JJ's locker room, put a little little mucilax in there or something. I don't but know, yes. Man. Oh, my God. If you defecate yourself or lose oh your bodily function, you automatically, the fight is over. Oh, so wow. I call it the Kish rule. Was the Kish the guy who pooped his pants? Girl. Justine Kish. Oh, it doesn't. That makes it much less funny. She fought Felice Herrig recently. Mm. Amara brought it up. You were so tired. I said, "Oh yeah, by the way, a girl pooped herself." You said, "Thanks." It would be thanks for letting me know. It would be called a TKO by medical stoppage. <laughs> I can't wait to see that one the first time. If Quebec visibly loses control of all of a, of a bodily function, including vomit, urine, or bowels, I ride because nothing was stopped. Can you imagine betting on the fight? I think it's going to be a TKO in the second round by medical stoppage. <laughs> oh, that's a great prop bet. Poop. I'm going to bet on poop in the third. But. <laughs> oh, no. 
if the loss of control occurs between rounds, a doctor must clear the combatant to compete. So as long as oh, they, they stick a finger up there. Oh, God. What so, do they do? So if they poop between the rounds, it's okay. You're clenching, like, <laughs> you're clenching, and then the, that 10-second timer goes off, and the other person starts wailing on you more. You're just like, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Bathroom oh, break, wow. Oh, There's going to be a porta potty by every octagon. And by porta potty, you mean a gallon milk jug with the top third cut off. Wow. That's what's going to happen. Oh, Yes, oh, but I thought I, I wanted Everybody to bring Everybody, wash your hands. Bring lots of Purell. I don't know it's if the like is like ringside. As we learn to evolve and learn about um, this sport, that is officially to quote, official. To quote a great man, thank you. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't even know where I go from there. I mean, to the bathroom from poop. Yeah, <laughs> I want to reiterate. Um, I think the ABC, the Association of Boxing Commission, and of all combat sports, has been doing a great job Ooh, lately. They're just gonna have shower curtains. They wear like they're in the karate kid, and they're the gonna poop thing, in that. Ringside. The only thing I really want to bring up though about that, on a serious note, I'll try. Is I want to bring it back to now. ABC is passing. All these rules, mm-hmm. but not everybody's adopting them. Yeah, they're passing them. You mentioned that earlier. If state you can, yeah. or the country, or wherever they're going to adopt them. I mean, okay, Mexico City. This weekend. Like, can we wait and decide until the fight is over, and we want to decide which fighter we'd rather win? Can we just wait till then? But Mexico City this past weekend adopted all the new rules. So so far, the past couple of weeks, I saw Mexico City adopted all the rules. But Vegas, Cal- the flight capital of the too, world, right? did not. California adopted some. I thought they adopted all. I don't know. I'm confused. New York adopted them all. When they went to Sweden, they adopted one rule. It was like with the fingers on the ground, you can knee them in the head, whatever. They, they adopted only one of them. We have other places that are adopted maybe two of them. I mean, all the sanctions across the board have different rules right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, ABC just passed more. So wow. some states are going to pass it. But here we go. We got more rules that go into effect. Where maybe New York accepts the Justine Kish rule, but Vegas doesn't. The UFC is like an early United States where they had like seven different sizes of railroad tracks before they were all unified. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that's going to work out. And it's driving me crazy. Because I'll tell you what, man. like You shouldn't have to go to every – especially stateside. It's one thing if international there's a different rule because that's a different democracy, whatever. But stateside, all 50 states should be – the same thing. Uh, just like in any country. Mm. Whatever rules there are. And this thing has really become a joke. Mark Ratner. He is the current vice president of regulatory affairs with the UFC. And he was the former executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Mark Ratner said that the lack of unification in rules has made a mockery of MMA. Mm. And I cannot disagree with that statement. Well, it's it's also these rules are also the boxing rules, right? It's it's the boxing commission, right? It's a boxing. We're talking about the ABC. I learned that it's, it's the Association of Boxing Commission and all combat sports. That's, That's why I emphasize so that. I read that about weird. it, but do, I still do, think do, MMA the other, have their own. Do the other combat sports decide on a state by state basis? You don't know. Who cares? I don't know. God, I just follow. It my makes sport me mad that, that it has boxing yeah. in the title. <laughs> That's what I said. I need an MMA commission. What are we talking about? What's going on? What are we doing? You're letting these guys fight and you want money from it. Sometimes I think about it. This sport is still so new and it's still growing. Yeah. I mean, 
we got to take advantage while we can now as we're watching. We're actually in like a different era now. Mm -hmm. It's so weird because I've been through like two of them now. And this is like the third one. And it's so weird as I'm going with the times. And this is why I consider myself a historian. Because I'm literally watching this sport grow. I've been since day one. It's early 90s Silicon Valley, man. Mm -hmm. Vanguard. Yeah. And well, that's why... Slightly post-Vanguard. As I watch this go, I'm very big on... At least let's start with stateside. With Vegas, New York, uh, California. These places where they're really big here. And then they can work towards Canada. And then they can work towards Sweden. Then they can work towards Brazil. But let's at least start stateside now. Where our fight capital and where your you know, UFC office is. The Performance Institute is in Vegas. Let's at least start with... I think the next agenda should be getting all 50 states under the same unified rules of MMA. Okay, first we get all the rules It's kind of crazy that it's not. And then we agree on how the world I mean, right now we're going through an epidemic where fighters don't even want to fight in New York. Cyborg and John Jones have both came out. John Jones is, is he from, from Brooklyn? New York. Is he from Brooklyn? Not Brooklyn, but he's, he's from, from New, New York, York right? Yes. And he does not want to fight in New York. Wow. Cyborg doesn't want to fight. There's a lot of like, fighters that don't. Yeah, they haven't. Because they're still so up. new. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Oh, yeah. You can't build Roman in one day. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> you can't build Roman in one day. And let's at least take the you know, satisfaction that just last year we finally got all 50 states. Mm -hmm. That New York finally got legalized in 2016. You know, I think a lot of people keep forgetting that. I mean, this sport is so new and it is overtaking boxing. This weekend, it overtook boxing. And I'll tell you right now why it overtook boxing. Because UFC Fight Night 114 in Mexico City. A lot of people are claiming this wasn't a good card. I've heard experts. I've heard Brennan Schaub mock it. And oh, say, yeah? this isn't going to do well in the ratings. Hmm. This isn't a barn burner. Whatever. There's fights on now. You know, and I think that's after we were spoiled and had like 11 fight cards in 10 weeks. Hmm. That's why. Because, guys, this fight card wasn't for us. Mm. Last time I checked, this was a fight night for free on FS1 on a mm. Saturday with not much else going on. Well, hey, it was if Mexico. you don't like it, just go watch some of the other free sports going on. Do you like yeah. baseball? Yeah. It's yeah. thrilling. But this was for Mexico City. This is for a market the UFC <clears throat> is trying to build on where a lot of fighters aren't custom to the MMA game. Were there any heavyweight fights on this card? No. The good, highest good move, good on move. this card was middleweight. Because Mexico City has that ele that elevation, that high elevation, yes. that weird Denver yes. high elevation where it actually this, affects sporting events. This was a, if you know what world extreme Keeping a heavyweight was, fight out of Mexico City is a wise move. I this I was that. a WEC light card, period. The highest fight on this card was middleweight. There was one middleweight okay. fight on here. Nice. And it was the worst fight on the card. Nice. Something about that elevation in Mexico City... The middleweight? Is that the Rashad Evans fight? Yes. Interesting. Not a fun oh, fight maybe they should have had him and Smile at Sam Alvey somewhere else, huh? Look. Somewhere a little I'm closer to, to sea level? I'm starting to learn, and no disrespect to Mexico. Maybe mixed martial arts doesn't really need to go to Mexico. Have the small guys fight there. That's fine. Well, that's what I they mean, did. Just do that. That's just what they that. did. That's a I shame mean, that they. This was. It's a shame that they wasted Rashad <laughs> Evans and Smile at Sam Alvey there because neither one of them really put in a stellar performance. Am I right? Yeah, that fight was no good. No. But this was the first I like Smiling ever. Sam Alvey too, though. It's a shame. And Rashad yeah. Evans. I, I like them both. Yeah. I still like them both. Yeah. But yeah. in that high elevation, it just didn't work. Yeah. But 
in the main event. That's why this was the first Nobody ever. Nobody else is talking play. about that elevation. No. What are you people doing, man? I don't understand it either. Like we're not getting paid. You guys are. Realizes, What's up? Nobody realizes that all these fights were so lower weight. It was so WBC like. Hmm. The main event, flyweight. There has never been a flyweight minor main event unless Demetrius Johnson was in it. This was the first one. Sergio Pettis and Brandon Moreno. Hats hmm. off to those guys. Never before. And that's because they're in Mexico. You know, this fight wasn't for us guys. It was for the Mexican fan base. And we were actually privileged enough to see it on free TV because it was a fantastic card. Can I also mention that this card had tied the record for the most fights finished in the first round with seven. <laughs> it made the record for the fast, fastest flyweight knockout ever in did, 14 seconds. Did you say that Ortiz. seven fights on this card ended in the first round? Yes. This fight was pretty entertaining, guys. <laughs> what? This fight was very entertaining. What was the there record was, before that? Oh, my God. It tied the record. Seven. That's happened before? Yes. Damn. <laughs> yes. That's why MMA, man, it's, it's any given night. Any given situation. That's weird. By the time the like the fourth dude got knocked out, by the time man, no, those were, guys must have been nervous. They were great. And let me tell you what, <clears throat> the ratings for UFC fight night. No, but there must have been something City. in the air. I bet there's something in the air for yeah. that. Like elevation. Like, like seriously, by the time you're the two guys in the fifth right, you're like Above one of level. us yeah. is going down, and it's not me. Above sea level. One of those guys is wrong, but at what point do you realize that there's like yeah. a tide that you either need to ride or get submerged in? Anyway, the ratings. They did 859,000 viewers on FS1. The highest Oh, there you go. Fight. As much as JJ and DC. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. The highest rated fight was their peak was in the co-main event with Alexa Grasso and Reyna Marcos. Fantastic nice. fight. Peaked at almost a million viewers. It had 988,000. Wow. So let me put this into perspective. <clears throat> the other sporting program that counter-programmed this that night was ESPN. It had boxing. It had boxing's pound-for-pound -pound best fighter, Vasyl Lomachenko. Vasyl, there he is again. Vasyl. Miguel Mariaga. Their pound-for-pound -pound best guy. Name too. And their ratings... Were seven hundred and twenty-eight thousand. So UFC Fight Night in Mexico City beat out boxing that night, and that was their pound-for-pound -pound best fighter. Nice. It just shows you, man. The UFC is more popular. I don't care what it's anybody says. It's better I, numbers don't lie, guys. They don't. They don't lie. And UFC continuously beats them. And they main evented with flyweights, Sergio Pettis and Brandon Moreno. The co-main event, Alexa Grasso, even though she missed weight. She beat Rana Marcos, surprisingly, in a very good fight. Nico Price got a big knockout. Humberto Bardinet, a 3-1 to one dog. A guy that was the 3-1 to one underdog. Not supposed to win that fight. Knocked out Martin Bravo. And I, it was a fight that where when we watched it, my girlfriend, Gabby underscore T over here, we watched it on tape delay because we watched it on DVR. We watched it like two hours after the event. Oh, wait, are you she was dating? literally... She was literally <laughs> looking up to see if Martin Bravo was alive. That's how vicious that knockout was. It was wow. crazy. It was crazy. He went stiff. Like his arms were still up in the air and his like head was like lifted off the ground just Dang. stiff. And so I, I was concerned. You thought he got killed and, like homeboy in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, because well, like they they showed him real quick, like as soon as the knockout happened, he looks like stiff. And then they just quickly looked away. I was like, is he dead? 
like it just looked really it looked bad mm-hmm. so I, I had to look it up I was confused yeah I could see that they're like oh, moving on moving on turn the camera turn the camera like they yeah. never showed him again and, and Joe was like they don't ever do that I was like really I was like I never realized that. like what <laughs> they didn't show out. that's awesome uh, so but I, yeah yeah I was concerned I mean Jack Hermanson put on a fantastic performance Dustin Ortiz came out and re- broke the record for the flash, fastest flyweight knockout in history with 14 seconds. Knocked out Hector Sandoval with a great combination. A great counter right. Just absolutely good stuff. Ronnie Yaya, the submission genius that he is, finished his fight in the first round. Joseph Morales came out of nowhere and put on a performance that you're going to remember that name. You're going to remember that guy. He beat Roberto Sanchez, finished him. You're going to remember who Joseph Morales is. Such an important victory in the flyweight division. This fight was so good. When people always criticize a fight night especially, a fight night, before they saw it, I don't know what you're talking about. It's free. You either watch it or you don't. It is free entertainment, and there is such great young competition there, especially in the UFC. Don't ever count a card out till it's out. This was for Mexico. This wasn't even for us. I can't imagine that this day there's, I mean, maybe a football game, but maybe not even that. Any team sport that would come close, any other sport at all that would come close to being as entertaining as that free fight night would be. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't picture it. I'm over it. It is I what mean, it is. It's so good. You never know when you're watching the next superstar. But the fight I want to focus on for the next minute or so the most and if you go back to Maymac, I'm throwing no, down my head. It is the <laughs> most boring <laughs> fight done. that happened. The earbuds the coming out. The, the most boring fight that happened on the card was Smolin Sam Alvey's win over Rashad Evans. Uh, I mean, seriously, this is Rashad Evans' fourth loss. Who just leave the earbud in and take it nap? And here's the thing about Rashad Evans: this guy was the former light heavyweight champion. He's, I mean, he's beating a who's who. Is in he the hurting night. his legacy? Does he need to stop? I think so. And you know what? He got the BJ Penn treatment on this card. He was the second fight of the night. Mm. Usually, that is like filler. That yeah. is for filler. They That's knew. not for Rashad they Evans. Knew. <laughs> And he got the second fight they of the night. the tea leaves. On a Mexico City card. I mean, what is Rashad Evans doing fighting in Mexico City against Sam Feeling Alvey? off balance. You know, it's like BJ Penn. Oh, BJ Penn's got his next fight book, but he's fighting in Oklahoma City. Below sea level. Against no, I Dennis I don't know that. That's probably not true. It'd be funny, though. Rashad, I love you. You are a future Hall of Famer. You have good... I don't know enough skills. enough fights like this. Maybe they'll boot him. No, you can't take. You can't water your brand down that much. The second the ultimate. You can't water your brand down that much, no matter no. what. His knockout of Chuck Liddell will be cemented forever. I mean, quick shout out to UFCs. They're not going to discredit somebody because I just saw that Terrell Owens is up for vote in the Hall of Fame for the second year in a row, and the fact that Terrell Owens was not a first ballot Hall of Famer is. A crime against humanity. You might not like his personality, but that man's production on the field, there's he should not be out of the Hall of Fame, and that's why the NFL is stupid. Rah rah MMA UFC. Alright. Sorry. Sorry you. Okay. Yeah, but Rashad, <laughs> I love you to death, but it's time to hang him up, brother. And with that being said, it is time. This is where we separate the weak from the strong. The strong and the weak. All right, here we go. My strong this week. I have a couple strongs. My strongs of the week this week in MMA, mixed martial arts, not boxing or anything else, has to be UFC 214. All of boxing is weak. John Jones versus Daniel Cormier, too. 
is being estimated on early estimates. We don't, we'll never know the official number, but it is being projected at 850,000 buys on pay-per-view. For everybody said that the world is fall, you know, that the sky is falling. MMA is going away. It was a trend. Now that WME bought it, it's dead. It's this, it's that, whatever, dude. 850,000 buys People is a stupid, home run. Right? It is a that? slam dunk. It is absolutely fantastic. What else is even touching that level? And nobody even expected this, really. Did you really expect Jones versus Cormier to do that well? Really? Nobody was expecting it a million. I think 850 is a great mark to end at. I really do. I think that fold did it. I mean, that fight did everything it could. It delivered, and it's going to make you want to see the next John Jones fight. And as long as that trend keeps going, more people will tune in next time. More people will turn in the time after that if there's another performance like that. That is great. It is almost at a million. That is $51 million in your bank. If you're saying that's not a success, shut up. <laughs> I don't care how smart you think you are. Just shut up. That's stupid talk to say that that's disappointing. Get out of my face with that stuff. Good for the UFC. I'm glad to see MMA is still here. My second bit of news has to be something I was preaching about for weeks and weeks and weeks. I don't think any of you guys, other than Gabby, because I forced her to watch it with me, have <laughs> seen a show of it, but the LFA. The LFA is on fire. When I was you know, comparing it to the NCAA of MMA, nobody really knew what I was talking about. They're like, ah, oh, whatever. What's he talking about? Well, this is the, the, this is the, look at me like I was this crazy. is the two sub brands that merged. Yes, well, LFA started at the beginning of this year. They're on like twenty. They have only had, they're still in. They're only in double digits of number mm. of shows. They're brand new. Legacy and Resurrection Fighting Alliance emerged, and since then, since July, I'm just gonna put since July. They have of had, last year. Yes, nineteen fighters fight in the UFC. Emerge. The that sounds series, like a feeder league to me, bro. The contender series is nothing but LFA fighters. Oh, wow. When I say the UFC just went and purged their talent for the Dana White's contender series, pretty much what Dana White did was he took LFA and made it UFC. Are they going to do anything to fortify LFA? Yeah, they, they're still in their system. They're, keep, they're going to keep producing fighters for Dana White's contender series, for mm-hmm. the UFC, for Bellator. We're not even counting the Bellator fighters that got signed by... You uh, by LFA, and I'm talking about Larry, Leandro I mean, Hugo and Rafael Lovato. I think we've Lovato, talked about it before. That's got to be a rough position to know that your fighters, as soon as you make them good enough, they're gone out the door. Yeah, well, that's the role they're in, and you know what? That's a great role to be in. Yeah, I think they know they know that. They yeah, know. I guess if you're and prepared, for absolutely. That. Just like Invicta Fighting Championship, the one huh. that did it for women's mixed martial arts. Yeah. Hats off to you. By the way, Dana White's Contender Series. I can't speak of tonight. But so far, all seven fighters that got a contract were LFA. Nice. All seven of them. When I'm sitting here and I told you in the past about Eric Anders, when I told you about Sean O'Malley, when I told you about these guys coming in, I wasn't kidding, guys. Kurt Hollaball. I wasn't kidding. I knew what I was seeing. And now UFC has purged all that talent, and they are now in the UFC. They are the futures of, I mean, they are the stars of tomorrow. They really are. And I'm glad to see those numbers. That is a lot of fighters. 19 fighters are in the UFC right now because of LFA. I mean, that's hats off. Congratulations. You are the NCAA. Yeah, it worked. That's amazing. That's why I watch LFA every week, and I didn't miss it last weekend. I saw it, guys. Trust me, I watched it. I'll watch it again in two weeks when it's David Michaud fighting. I know what I'm talking about. Hmm. 
I'm the MMA historian, damn it. All right, well, moving on from that. My last song is going to be My Girl, Miss Beautiful Paige Van Sant is supposed to be headed to the 125-pound division, and she's supposed to meet Jessica I at UFC 216. Sweet. So, I'm glad I called that right. I think Paige Van Zandt's going to be a beautiful Sweet. addition at 125-pound division. Her and Jessica I is an awesome fight. It's not official yet, so don't quote me yet, but that is the fight that they're looking like they're signing, and it should be happening by UFC 216, and it's for the flyweight. The brand new 125 pound division. Like I said, the eyes don't lie. I thought Paige Van Zandt was really having a hard time getting the 116 pounds as she was had to get naked at the weigh-ins or whatever. She was barely getting there. She made it, but it looked like a struggle. And I'm glad to see I'd have shaved her eyebrows for her. I would have done anything for her. Sorry, Gabby. <laughs> but while I'm thinking about that, I'm, I'm so happy that Paige Van Zandt is going to 125. That's going to lead me right into my week. During Mexico City, they released some information. Oh, no. It was the list of fighters for the Ultimate Fighter 26, the flyweights. They're fighting for a title. And I just announced a great fight for flyweight, right? Paige Van Zandt and Jessica I. Okay, well, none of them are on the Ultimate Fighter 26. I saw the list of female competitors, and look... I'm not one of those, I'm not going to bury it before it happens because I haven't seen the product yet, I haven't seen the TV show, I haven't seen the Ultimate Fighter play out. Oh, no. Is it going to go the champion. way of the way that the But all I'm going to say is, me? I saw the list of fighters and I'm not impressed with your performance. You could have done much better, UFC. I am not impressed with the flyweights you're bringing in. There's a couple okay names. I like Barb Honchak. She was the former Invicta 125 pound champion. Who got stripped of her title due to inactivity. She should be on the show. I like Rachel Ostovich. Lauren Murphy is a UFC veteran. And Roxanne Mataferi might be kind of fun. But all the other names, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I think the best record in the house is 6-0. Over half the fighters, if not three-fourths of them, have 500 records. Am I wrong, Gabby? I'm no, sure to I said that when I was looking at the list. I'm like, why are these fighters getting this chance? Because they're... There were some that were eight and eight, four and four, five and five. I'm like, these are not not even winning records. Like, why are you getting well, that chance so to go for a Paige belt? Van Sant and Jessica, I, neither one of them are or in the Ultimate Fighter 26. Yet. Are there? And here's I mean, my even with those with two aside, are there still enough other fighters with better records than these 500 fighters yes, out there? Yes, and I'm about to go through that because I am maybe just very is it possible that they just didn't want to be a part? And of I'm that? not going to shut it out completely yet because I haven't seen the product, I haven't seen the show, I haven't seen who's on there. But I wasn't already, I already wasn't excited about the coaches. Eddie is it possible they turned it down? I don't care. Would they turn it down? Who? Any of these one or I don't know because okay. I know that they're fighting at that weight, but that sounds like a number one contender fight. Yeah. But, I mean, when you have other fighters out there, like Paige Van Zandt. I mean, look, here's the thing. My complaint about the Ultimate Fighter, it sucks. I don't like the product. <laughs> I mean, I tried last season. I loved the, as much credit as I gave it for that flyweight season. Since we've been doing with this podcast. The men's flyweight season, when they brought in all those other champions from other organizations. I was so excited. I love that season. That is one of my favorite seasons up but there. But apparently that's a division they're talking about killing. 
They're not going to. I After know. they just main evented in Mexico City with flyweights. Here's the thing. That, that, that was such a great season. And then I tried with Redemption. I really did. I tried with Redemption. And it was so terrible. It just was not good to me. Jesse Taylor's the winner. And I don't even think he'll make the it's top It's like 15. a best of episode. You don't want to see a best Ugh. of episode. And you want to see a new episode. I see this 125-pound flyweight division. And the problem is there's no stars on there. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to judge completely because, look, I'm, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm going to watch the show. I'm going to give it a chance. <clears throat> but right now, all I'm saying is I saw the names, and I was like, uh, not what I was expecting. Uh, Let me just no. tell you this. I, he, I told him because I <coughs> actually found it first because it came on the TV like about two minutes later. But we, we started talking about it, and I looked it up on my phone. I was like, yep, I got the list right here. And he was like, is this person on it? No. This person on it? No. Like, all, he listed all these names of people he'd wish had been on the show, and Look, none of them were on the list. Here's my thing, and I'm just going to bring up a few names. We're looking for flavor. With Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series coming out, who wants to watch The Ultimate Fighter? There's no reason. We want flavor added to that. We want something good. We want Paige Van Zant. We want Jessica I. We want, you know, number one prospect, Mackenzie Dern. We want something to get behind. We want Beck Rollins. We want JoJo Calderwood. Why did you waste her in that fight with, you know, Cynthia Cavilla? She didn't even make weight. Why didn't you just put her in the ultimate fighter and go for the title? Yeah, I would have liked them to take fighters that are in the, maybe take some fighters that are in the UFC right now that are struggling with their weights and put them, you know, I'm just asking for some entertainment, some value, some names that we know, and some flavor. Ugh! I don't like what I'm seeing so far. I'm not going to judge it till I see it, but I'm not a fan. Good night. Thanks for coming ringside today, you maniacs. We love when you stop by. Please tell your friends about us. Like, share, retweet, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. There you should also grab our sister production, Better Health in the World, to devour good health, food, fitness, behavior, everything that speaks to maximizing the human experience. Follow Joe Newbauer at Joe Knows MMA, Gabrielle Tambuana, Gabby underscore T, and me, Matt Crocomo Jr., and Matthew J. Better. We love you guys and girls. Peace.